Hi, it's Tony. On today's show, we'll see who's a smarter gambler, Chuck Todd or a monkey. And we'll talk college and pro football with Booger McFarland. But first, commerce. Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. A vertical toothpaste. Yeah. yeah. So in the 90s, they had a pump toothpaste like that, which I'm sure was terrible for single-use plastics. But I know exactly. I I know the tube that you are are missing. I hate it. And the worst part about a second home toothpaste is you are now stuck with this toothpaste. Forever. I I brought one here to try. Yeah. I brought one home to try. Yeah. Yes, it was in a tube. That's commitment. I can't stand it. And I want to know, is this happening throughout the whole country? This is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. So Carol yesterday went to Brookville Pharmacy and cleaned out the shelves (laughs) of Crest Tartar Prevention Toothpaste. Brought home What's the shelf life for those toothpastes? Uh, I don't know. 70 years? Uh, 12 to 15 decades. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's toothpaste. Stop it. I don't need Michael and Liz throwing this stuff out because it simply was bought in 2007. I don't need that. One day we'll tell you about the horrors of the beach fridge. Expired. Expired. <laughs> so anyway. It's a lot of recycling. Small, a, lot of, a lot of small things to get to. Let me thank Keith uh, and Becky Crum for a beautiful... Beautiful note, Keith Crum in Fairfield, Pennsylvania. I just read it. Back in the early 2000s when you were still on radio, if anyone remembers what that is, I was a regular listener. I talked about the show so much, my dad started listening on his drives between sales calls. We discussed the show regularly, especially appearances of the great John Riggins. One story of yours sticks out in particular. You were playing golf one Saturday, hit a nice drive down the fairway. Upon getting the ball, a group of men having a party at the house adjacent to the landing spot, they immediately recognized you. They started heckling you, saying you couldn't possibly hit the green with the next shot. You nervously approached the ball, and with all the strength you could muster, hit the ball, watching it sail in the air and land perfectly on the green, stopping five feet from the pin. You looked at the crowd of men and shouted, blank you, and they erupted in a joyful frenzy that the old ball orange guy hit an amazing shot under such pressure. Probably one of the greatest non-stories I've ever heard. You went on to say you posted pictures of the day. I went and looked and wrote to the show that your legs were so white it made you look like you were riding a chicken. You read my email on the air. I'd made the big time. That evening, my dad called. Said he was listening to the show, heard the mailbag portion, you read my email. He received calls from friends, wondering if it was actually me that wrote to Mr. Tony. He proudly exclaimed that it was. Fast forward to this past weekend, I'm doing yard work, listening to a podcast episode from a few weeks ago. You tell another golf story. I stop. Tears running down my face as the memory of my dad and that Mr. Tony moment come flooding back. Dad passed away in June, but that memory will live with me forever. He and I bonding over you. Thanks for being a light in the dark. Your words really do bring people together and mean a lot to us. It's really beautiful. Thank you so much. Very lovely. My thanks to Keith. Got a lot of small things to do today in the open. Nothing enormously consequential. Jesse ate a bagel sandwich the other day. Yes. Jesse went up on the counter. I had opened the sandwich. I was about to go to Helen for training. Mm-hmm. I ate about half of one half of the sandwich, leaving three quarters of the sandwich. So you ate a quarter. I ate a One quarter. One half of a half. Yeah, it's a quarter. Yeah. I ate half, check of, it. half of a half. Lead with a quarter. I ate yeah, a quarter of a sandwich. I didn't eat like an eighth. I ate half of a half. <laughs> so I put it in the tinfoil and I kept it out on the, on the counter. And I got back and it was gone. Carol said to me, I just found some tinfoil. Uh-uh. Okay, so she didn't eat everything. She No, she didn't eat the tinfoil. Smart dog. She ate, the, she ate it. She ate three quarters of a bagel sandwich. She ate the, ra- the wrapper? I was, I had taken the wrapper off because I had eaten 
half, half of, half. of a half. I yelled at her. I said, bad, bad. And she ran away. She knew. She ran away. And she didn't come near me for a couple of hours because I was angry. Jesse, was it worth it? Nah, it was worth it. <laughs> Did she use ketchup? No. Dab. She ate it as is. She was probably so excited. Here's something that's great. It's a small little note in the paper today. The Washington Nationals designated first baseman Dominic Smith and right-hander Corey Abbott for assignment. Oh. That's it. That's, that's it. That's it. Yeah, thanks for coming I out. I don't know what they waited this long for, <laughs> but that's it. Now, they also extended one-year contracts to Victor Robles and Tanner Rainey. I think Victor Robles is done. I think he's done as a major league prospect. I don't think he can hit major league pitching, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, so he's back. They don't, they're not set in the outfield. They're not. They used about nine guys in the outfield last year. Yeah. You know, the only one they're set with is Lane Thomas. They're not set with anybody else. Tanner Rainey, you know, he's had surgery. If uh, he can throw 98 again, okay. Uh, we'll see. But they designated Dominic Smith. One other thing. Actually, more than one other thing. The United States Soccer Federation confirmed that Emma Hayes will lead the women's national team, saying the London native will become the highest paid women's soccer coach in the world, but won't start her tenure in earnest until May, just two months before the Paris Olympics. That's why she's hired for the Olympics and the World Cup. That's why she's hired. And she's not going to start till two months before. Hayes, 47, will continue coaching English club Chelsea until the end of the women's Super League season. Until then... Twyla Kilgore will continue in her interim role and collaborate with sporting director Matt Crocker in developing a plan to work with Hayes to ensure a successful transition. Sky Crocker says this is a unique situation, but the team is in safe hands with Twyla. Her stewardship will be crucial during this period as we are focused on success in the Olympics. Can I ask the obvious question here? If you think it's in good hands with Twyla, why didn't you give the job to Twyla? <laughs> Why didn't you give it to someone else who's showing up an hour before the it's Olympics? It's like continuity is important in that sport. I mean, that's got a company in the interview, right? When can you start? Oh, May. Sorry, that, that, you're out. You know, thanks a lot. We'll hire you before the World Cup. <clears throat> but we're not going to hire you now. Yeah. Because we like Twyla. I, am I wrong? I'm sure I'm wrong on this. I'm sure soccer people will or tell you, me I'm or wrong. Or if you look at the importance of this, can't you just buy out the contract? Yeah. I mean, you're over Emma the- Hayes has said to them, you want me? Here's the deal. I'm riding the deal. Yeah. And they said, okay. I wouldn't do this. I mean, me, personally, I wouldn't. But I don't know anything about soccer. So maybe she's worth it. But she's not showing up really until game time. In the Olympics? Yeah, that seems... It doesn't seem like it was done with a great... And we've got to have... Call. I mean, we've, we essentially have a squad in transition... Because all of our famous people yeah, got old out. and they've left. They've retired. Yes. I, me, again, soccer people know more than I do. But I wouldn't do this. If you told me that I could hire Bill Belichick, but he was showing up in the first week of the playoffs, <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't do it. I don't know that we can get to them. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. One more thing. Rory McIlroy. One day after a critical meeting related to potential investors who could help secure the PGA Tour's economic foundation, Rory McIlroy abruptly resigned his position from the organization's influential policy board on Tuesday, citing, quote, professional and personal commitments, according to a memo from PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan, who's apparently alive. 
Like, I didn't know he was still working. <laughs> Living, breathing, Jay commissioner. Being supported by the friends at golf. I didn't know, but do you want to explain this? Uh, again, this goes back to the events of earlier this summer in June when you realized that Roy McElroy took on a role for two years as the public defender of He was the, the most visible tour golfer. And uh, saw himself as a sacrificial lamb. And they have until the end of December to try and finalize this uh, this deal with the PIF uh, with that fund. Which and doesn't Roy's, look great now. Roy's actually been on, on the record recently saying, like, that actually seems like the best path forward to try and mend some of the fences that have been broken in the last couple of years in the professional, only in the professional men's game. So the timing of this, when you've had more uh, more investors publicly now uh, with their interest on the table, one of the, one of the deals was uh, turned down by the tour about two weeks ago with Endeavor. And I think the timing of this says I want to try and play a bit more of a role in, in my story here. And when you hear personal and professional, I don't know what's going on with the family, but the professional seems a lot towards... I want to win a major. I'm going to get to that. I want to win a major, but I think right now this is related to the TGL with what he's doing in with various other sports entities. And then it's interesting. You look at some of the other members who are on this advisory board. Patrick Cantlay, big interview in the Irish newspaper about a week ago where he goes, Patrick Cantlay and I have an average at best relationship. Mm. We see the world differently. Right. But again, I think this comes at a guy who is entering his mid-30s. Phil did not win majors until uh, basically he was Rory's age. I think he was a year or two younger. But you have somebody who's not won majors in a long time. He understands that's where uh, legacy is cemented. And I think this means I'm all in on Augusta in April 2024. I believe that Rory McIlroy sat back and said to himself, I'm out there every single day. Everybody's coming to me every single day. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. It's not working out. People dislike me as a result. I don't want this. I want to be a golfer again. Yeah. That's what I started out being a golfer. I've got all this other stuff. I'm very happy for the money, but I want to be a golfer again, right? Yeah, and I think he takes this stuff very personally and he internalizes it because he's a very thoughtful and smart he's athlete. a smart guy and i think it's tough for us outside of that jupiter florida bubble to realize the entire center of the men's professional game is right there you think about where his dad's a member you think about the people that he runs into in sort of day-to-day living and then he wondered does he look back at a couple of these majors say saint andrews uh two summers ago and realize maybe there is something the decision making on that sunday was related to overtaxing my preparation when i was looking towards some of these other tour issues not golf golf issues yeah so just a whole bunch of oh also brandon hyde manager of the year in the american league and then the guy from the marlins in the national league oh yeah good choices i think i mean you would say well what about bruce boshi well that happened at the end of the year that happened at the end of the year the entire season was the orioles they were the story yes you know they won over 100 and they had lost over 100 two years ago brandon hyde very well deserving we'll take a break uh chuck todd when we return i'm tony kornheiser Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Our friend George Millay sends us music from Marielle Kraft and writes, she's an outstanding musician making her mark in Nashville and beyond. When I was doing Lifestyle Live in Indianapolis, she performed live on our show, wowing our audience and our production crew alike. 
and she's got two songs for us today. And she writes herself, Hope All Is Well, I wanted to follow up because my music has finally been released. I'd love to pass it along to you to play on the show if you're interested. The EP is called Good, is composed of four different songs with the word good somewhere in the title. Each song reflects different meanings of good in our lives, brings about different moods sonically. That's from Marielle Craft. This is called Something Good. She has a lovely voice. She really does. Absolutely lovely. It's terrific. She plays in Chuck Todd, and I am forced by commercial restrictions to say this week's picks <laughs> with Chuck Todd and Reginald the Monkey are brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. You were three and four last week. I think you lost again. I think you had two, three, and four weeks in a row, but you lost again on the Washington football team. I did. You, what do you make of this? They they are the the stain on the shirt. Why can't you get that right? I can't. I can't get it right. I, I keep assuming it's over. And I'll be honest, it's just a reminder. Franchises tank. Players don't. Right. Right, and right. that's always the reminder. Franchises tank, players don't, and you know, and even you know, even coaches don't. Although, why didn't he go for two? No, general manager tank. Why didn't he go for <clears throat> two? This is the second time he's done this. You tie the, you get a tying touchdown on the road, under a minute left. Why don't you go for two? Rivera doesn't go for two. Well, so Rivera doesn't. There's your answer. Rivera doesn't go for two. Right, he doesn't. And obviously I was holding out hope. The only good news was going to overtime would have meant there's a chance Seattle could have scored a touchdown. Right, six. Five and a half. Yeah. But, you know. I don't know why they call Rivera Riverboat Ron. He doesn't do anything. (laughs) He doesn't gamble at all. Isn't that calling a fat guy tiny? Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's what we're doing. But I've got a small beef with you. I wanted to go Cleveland, and you really talked me out of it. I'm sorry. No, I would have <clears throat> because I believed in Baltimore. Yeah, well, at home, you know, sure. That was just that was a classic Baltimore. <clears throat> just when you want to believe in them, you know what they do. Uh, hang on, and We're they do make it sure late. You don't have a lot of faith in us. They wouldn't, and they okay. do it late also. And All Lamar Jackson you, had a pick six late. Did you see? There's a stat. Was something like. Baltimore is like 140 and five when up by two scores or more. Three of their five losses are this year. Wow. Like, so, they don't so close. Their, whatever it is, like, yeah, they, 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 they have close. blown this. Or close. in the last two years, they have blown double digit leads like this. I'll give you a better a statistic. They have yeah. played 10 games, which is 600 minutes of football. They've only <laughs> been behind for 29 minutes, and they've lost three games. Isn't that amazing? There you go. That is that's that's better than what I did. That's why you're a sports guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, some yeah. Matt Kelleher whispers in my ear. And I By the it. way, how does um, how's Reginald doing with this new sponsorship? Is Fanduel keeping him in the lifestyle he's accustomed to now that he's got a sponsor, new NIL deal? It's even it's better, deal, right? It's even yeah. better. He sleeps on you know sheets of linen. <laughs> he's, he does. What's the thread count? You know, oh, about yeah. three hundred. Yeah. Egyptian linen, three hundred thread count. All right, here we go. Thursday game, <clears throat> best Thursday game of the year, by far, not even close. Cincinnati desperate to win at Baltimore. Not desperate, but they can eliminate Cincinnati basically if they beat Cincinnati, because then they've beaten them twice this year. They hold all the tie breaks. And Cincinnati is in trouble. Cincinnati getting three and a half at Baltimore without a couple of defensive linemen. A, b- a bunch of people are hurt, and it's hard to play on Thursday in a big game, and this is, is a big game. 
and it's hard to win on the road on Thursday. Yeah. Um, and that hook, you know, they're begging you to take. They're begging you to take Cincinnati. Yes, they are. Um, they're begging you to take Cincinnati, which means I'm going to take Baltimore. Sure. I will do it a little reluctantly, but because I've been riding Cincinnati well, but I, I, I uh, uh, Thursday road injuries. Okay. All of that. Okie dokie. Next one is the dreaded Washington football team for you. <laughs> um, the New York Giants, who are terrible, <clears throat> they are a god awful team, the New York Giants. They're getting nine and a half in a division game at Washington. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of points. Washington, not a great offensive team. Nine and a half is a lot, but I don't know. I don't know how Tommy DeVito can score at all. I mean, I honestly don't. So who you got? You know, I've been watching this line. It opened at nine and a half, and I was just curious to see. You know, you want to see, like, what are, what is what is supposedly people with a lot of, you know, data analytics. They pay for people to look for small, tiny edges. And this number hasn't moved up uh, at all, uh, I don't think. I don't know what you do here. How... You can't bet on Tommy DeVito, nope. and you can't. You're supposed to lay more than a touchdown, more than a touchdown with the Commanders. I guess I will. You're gonna you're gonna lose again. You, you I, know that. You know. I, I, of course. Would you bet on Tommy DeVito? No, I can't. I don't think <laughs> I mean, he can right? score. I don't think <laughs> this, they can score any points. <laughs> no. But here's the here's the thing. Like this game here, you have New York and Washington. Last time I checked, those are two pretty big media markets. This is one of those games where the only two markets in the country that are going to get are the local. To this game uh, yeah. are those two. Well, nobody right? wants to see the Giants. Nobody. The Giants have lost to Dallas in two games by a total of 89 to 17. <laughs> it's it possible. It's possible our friend Scott will never get to this game. You know, unless everything else is at halftime. Just terrible. All right, here we go. This is a good game. Pittsburgh plus three and a half at Cleveland. Pittsburgh has outgained every single time they play. <laughs> Nine times, and they're six and three. Cleveland scored many more points against Baltimore than I thought they would. Pittsburgh plus three and a half. It's a key game. <clears throat> I'm going to keep fading Pittsburgh until they don't cover. I, I, you know, for all the reasons, like this is, there is no statistical reason for you to take Pittsburgh, right? There's right. nothing in there. It's just, well, they somehow win. I mean, the only thing I do with Pittsburgh in this case is you, you wouldn't mind teasing them where you could add six points and teasing it up to nine and a half. Because they're, they're sort of like the Vikings last year, right, when they were on this incredible roll. One-score game. score games. Right. Yeah. I think Pittsburgh just knows how to stay in a game. So if you can find a way to take them into a two-score, you know, you get it up to nine and a half, suddenly that's, a, that's something I might, might do with there. But I... I and it's possible Deshaun Watson figured it out, for what it's worth. He yeah, but didn't he get an MRI? Is he playing? Is he hurt? Is something oh, is wrong with hurt? him? <clears throat> I don't know if he's he hurt. Is? He got some sort of MRI, said he was going to play. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, oh, wow. I have something in my throat. You've got to tell this with Cleveland. They're on like a fourth-string running back, aren't they? Well, Chubb just went out for the rest of the year. Yeah. That's what I mean. And, yeah. and this guy, Ford, has been in and out, and yeah. he's been kind of hurt. All right, we anyway, move on. But give me Cleveland. Give All me right. Cleveland. I'm keep fading Pittsburgh. The Raiders are getting 12 and a half. They've won two games in a row, but, and there's always a but, they've beaten the Giants and the Jets. <laughs> they've won two in a row. They're at Miami. They're getting 12 and a half. What are you doing? Miami's your yeah. squad. 
And this and this number just keeps going up. I think it opened at ten and a half on Sunday night, uh, and it moved up. I'm going with the Dolphins here. This isn't this what they do? They 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 spank they spank bad teams. They do. They beat they beat bad teams. Raiders are coming across the country. Isn't it a one o'clock? I think it's a one o'clock game. So it's ten o'clock in their body clock. Yeah, and and. Didn't this what happened with the Colts, right? They get the temporary coach. It goes well for two games. No, one game. No, Saturday won one one game and lost all the rest. Yeah, yeah. And the Giants don't count as an NFL team. They do not. This feels like like the reality check for the the Raiders. The New York Jets are going to Buffalo. They're getting seven points. If Buffalo doesn't win this game by 20 points, Sean McDermott, is that his name, going to be fired at the end of the year? He just fired his offensive coordinator knowing that he's next. It's like James Franklin at Penn State firing the defensive coordinator knowing that he's next. Uh, Jets get seven. They, they can't score either. Who you got? Well, you know this in TV, and I assume Ridholm knows this. Most people in TV, just like head coaches, you get an executive producer. You get an extra executive. You, know, you get an extra offensive coordinator, right? I think that's yeah. the, the, the rule. So I, I assume Ridholm knows this, right? He knows this, right? I assume. He's a He's the sacrificial man. Nigel knows this too. Yeah, he's every happy. every producer knows it exactly. Yeah. You're the offensive coordinator. You're the Ken Dorsey. Um, I'm sort of hoping Ken Dorsey goes to his alma mater and becomes Miami. Miami's Miami. offensive coordinator yeah. after all this is done. I'm with you. You got to assume this is Josh Allen's redemption game. It has to be. It has to be, you know? And if they can't win this, then, then they're done. Then he's done too. Yeah, I think they're you're done. Right. Yes, like McDermott's coaching for his job. All of those reasons, put it all on, you know, put the mortgage on the floor. And the Jets aren't any good. They're just not any good. Okay. Minnesota, team you like very much. Watched for a long time. Minnesota's getting two and a half at Denver. Denver has been resuscitated. Are they good? I Uh, I don't uh, know if they're good. I saw your commentary yesterday. You 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 fell on the sword. I did. You you know what? I think that that every once in a while, if you have any journalism chops left, you have to say, look, I think I was right when I said they stunk, and I think I have to say they don't stink now. And if you don't do that, you know, then, then I don't think you have any credibility. I took up the entire segment, and then Wilbon just laughed at me, which made me happy. Denver's 4-2 and two in their last six, and Russell Wilson in those six games is the second-rated quarterback in the entire NFL. But Minnesota has Josh Dobbs, the pastronaut. You know, the pastronaut. I, I, don't, I would never bet this game. Two and a half. I'm with you. Yeah, I wouldn't tough. bet it. These, these, are, these are tough ones because it's, it's sort of like which one of these teams is a, is a mirage. Yes. Maybe both of them. Yes. Are, but you know one of them for sure is. I'm going to bet uh, on the better coach. So give me Denver. Okay. Take Sean Payton. One more game. Great game. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia, Kansas City. Oh, the sandwich game. Yeah. Did you notice? It's, you, you said it was a, the second best game of the week is tonight or tomorrow. Yeah. And the best game of the week is Monday. Yeah. Everything in between. Is nothing. This, I was just going to say it's kind of the very definition of S sandwich. Two great pieces of bread and a lot of double digits. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Double digits. Dog meets in there. This is Philadelphia at Kansas City. This is a rematch of the Super Bowl that Kansas City won. Philadelphia is now getting two and a half. What is the indication to you that they're getting two and a half and not three for the home field? I think this is 
they they are I think they're worried about too many uh too many uh uh I mean it sounds like to me they're trying to get um get Kansas City money. Yes. They want right? people to bet and on Kansas City. Normally this would be a three point game just oh. automatically and they're yeah. and they, they lowered it to make it more attractive to take Kansas City so that a field goal helps Kansas City here. I got a problem with Travis Kelsey going off to South America. Do you? Uh, In the bye week? um, Not particularly, although I remember when Tony Romo did that uh, some years back when he was with. How'd it work out for Tony Romo? One million dollars a game. How'd it work out? Worked out pretty well for Tony Romo. No, I think it worked out for him. How many Super Bowls did he win with Dallas? Zero would be the correct answer. And I know Kelsey. By the way, just to understand what Swifty Nation has done. My daughter comes home Friday. She's all excited. Dad, the Chiefs are playing. The, uh, the Eagles, come on, let's go to that game. I think she's going to go. She was assuming the game was in Philadelphia. Right. When I told her the game was in Kansas City, she's like, okay, can we go? <laughs> <laughs> I said, what, are the off chance that she's going? Well, yeah, and I get to be in the stadium when she's there. Just like, oh, anyway, what... I have to tell you, my daughter is the living example of the NFL just rushing to the bank. I mean, she's become a Chiefs fan. She didn't care about football in general. Yeah. And and she's become a Chiefs fan. Thanks to Taylor So Swift. in her honor, will you take Kansas City? Not at all. Right. Give me the Eagles. This, <laughs> if this game counted, let me ask you this. If this was for something, you'd probably bet on Kansas City. I would. Right? Yeah. I would. This has all the making. It doesn't of, mean oh, anything. Regular season game? It does. The so, Eagles will be the one to pull this off. You, uh, you, your daughter is of this age. I am too old. I don't. It's not that I don't like Taylor Swift. I don't know anything about Taylor Swift except, except it seems so unbelievable to me what a boost she has given the NFL. Taylor, Taylor Swift. The only thing I remember is when NFL, Kanye West yeah, was mean to her. It. Yeah, like the years NFL ago. She's great, right, Taylor Swift? I guess. Yeah, I guess, and I, I. I, I I don't there I don't get it at times, but here's what I do like about her. She seems as normal as any megalomaniac can be. Yeah, you know what I mean by that. Like, and her commercials yeah, are attractive. Jackson was Michael Jackson was kind of weird, right? Yeah, Madonna yeah. was weird. Elvis yeah. was weird. Yeah. I don't. I mean, maybe she eats peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches. I don't know, but so <laughs> far she yeah. doesn't seem like. Well, we haven't heard that she's taken a gun and shot the TV. No, we right. haven't heard that yet. Not yet. Not yet. But if the Eagles, if the Eagles win and Kansas City doesn't cover, maybe you know. I don't know. All right. You, know, you never know. Good all luck right, with all of these. We'll talk to you Thank next you. week, Chuck Todd, yeah, boys and girls. And if we just gave you Chuck Todd, that'd be more than enough. But we give you more. We give you a monkey. Here's the song. See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching, watching his iPad, smoking and laughing, hanging with Bud Grant, tap, 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 tapping on his purple attache. Nigel's going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. Reginald's got the vice, I too. Sometimes he throws poo, poo, poo. When he's had too much Johnny Walker, blue. I had another one and two week. He had, he had escaped that. He had gone one, one, and one. Yes. He doesn't win. No, he really doesn't. One and two, 10, 19, and one. It's, that's even bad for a monkey, I think. And like Chuck Todd, cannot seem to get the Washington no, games right. No, doesn't ever get it right. And it doesn't bode well. We, I'll let you know when we get to that. But uh, I did go down to the zoo. It was a frenzied atmosphere in his cage. Uh, he was not in his regular flat. He was actually in his cage, which is sort of his office. Is he angling for the old panda spot? 
He was working the phones, trying to swing a trade to Penn bring House? the pandas back to no. D.C. So I just want to update you on the latest offer that's on the table for the Chinese. It's a Siberian tiger, Dominic Smith, and a gibbon to be named later. Fantastic. So we think that's a good, solid offer, and hopefully the Chinese will feel that as well. Um, so the first match we gave him was uh, the Washington football team uh, hosting the Giants and giving nine and a half. And yeah, he went to his closet, Mr. Tony. He pulled out a burgundy suit gifted to him by Dion Sanders from yeah. his time here in D.C. Yeah, that's you should have what taken- I got. I should have taken that. <laughs> yeah, so he will take the Washington football team and lay the ungodly sum of nine and a half points. Uh, now, the next match we gave him was uh, the Raiders at Miami getting 12 and a half. This was an old photograph of him in a little tracksuit watching the Raiders practice with Al Davis, John Madden, and Charlie Finley. That just tells me he's got ties to Oakland. 12 and a half is a lot. It's a lot of points. It's a lot of points. It's just a lot of points. Okay. Now, the last match we gave him was the Vikings getting two and a half at Denver. This was a lovely photograph. He got a little bit misty-eyed when he showed it to me. It was him on a sleigh ride with Bud Grant, Bud Grant Keith Millard, and Tommy Tugan Kramer. Of so, course, he always bets Minnesota. Yes, so he'll take the Vikings. Yeah, it's wonderful. This week's picks with Chuck Todd and Reginald the Monkey have been brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Somebody actually writes that, writes, and Reginald the Monkey. That makes me happy. <laughs> Make every moment more. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Marielle Kraft, brought to our attention by George Millay. Marielle Kraft submitted her songs. This is called Good Days. You can listen to these songs without me yapping at the end of the podcast. And she's very good. She is very she's good. She's very good. Michael, if original, if artists like Mario Kraft who want to submit their original music for this show, how do they do so? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornersofshow.com. And the order is in. TK Pecan. Still pecan. available yes. at johnnyo.com until pecan, their Black not Friday pecan. Pecan. sale begins. Pecan. We got you your pie for Thanksgiving. That's wonderful. I don't... Ooh, pumpkin actually, pie for you. No, I don't like... He only likes two pies. I like apple and cherry. It's all I like. Booger McFarland joins us now. I got to tell you this story before I ask you questions. So I'm sitting in the house yesterday about 3 or 3.30, and Matt Kelleher, our producer, sends me the questions for our guest. And you've been on my mind because I wrote down questions that I would want to ask you. And I look at these questions that Kelleher sends, and every one of them is from the perspective of of an offensive lineman. So I call Kelleher, and I say, you realize, don't you, that Booger played defense? He's not an offensive lineman. And Kelleher says, you realize, don't you, Jeff Saturday is on today and Booger is on Thursday. <laughs> that's funny, right? I mean, you know, yeah, that's hilarious. How, how that's one of those things, Tony, for me. It's good to know that I'm always on your mind. Yeah. It's so weird. I said, oh, Jeff Saturday today. Okay, that makes sense. All right. So we have six walk-off field goals in two days. And the only reason we only had one on Monday is because that was the only game being played. Do you think people want to see those endings? Or do you think people would rather see, for example, a touchdown ending it? And so what I'm getting to is this weird sort of thing where I want to say that you can't do a walk-off field goal in the last 30 seconds or something like that. You played football. You didn't kick. You played football. How are you with kickers being that determining? 
Well, um, even though they're a very minimal part of the game when it comes to as far as the time on the field, yeah, I do think they're an important part of it. And, and I think for players, it's ingrained in our mind at a very young age, hey, guys, it's offense, defense, special teams. It's offense, defense, special teams. And one, no one part is really bigger than the other. I think that's the whole aspect of team sports, Tony. Like, we always want our kids as we're growing up to play team sports. And here's the reason. The reason being is so you'll get used to counting on and depending on other people because that's what life is about. Like, you couldn't do this podcast without depending on other that's people right. to do their job. That's right. And so, and so I think when it comes to football, especially the player, even though the kicker is on the field, uh, what, five plays a game and we're playing 70, they're still a very integral part and important part of the game. And we're kind of ingrained in that. Now, I do understand the fan perspective because you want to see the guys you see all the time, the quarterbacks, the defensive guys, yeah. uh, the, the wide receivers, the guys that we know of and, and we think of and that are going to help our fantasy team. But for players, it's really no different than like the kicker, even though his job may be more important in that moment, he's no bigger than the star quarterback, especially in that moment when we need him. Oh, you're right about you're right about the team ethic. I mean, tennis players and golfers are just so annoying because it's just all about them all the time. And I have noticed in recent years, tennis players and golfers talk about teams all the time, like they're nutritionists, like they're trainers. You know what I mean? They even want to have a team. They don't really probably want to be out there all alone. No question, because again. We can't do it by ourselves. And, and, and even in a sport like golf, like, you know, you and I are both big golf guys. Yeah. There's nothing better than being at a really good golf course, uh, knowing that you're playing really well, and you're walking. And it's you and a caddy. And you got a couple of your buddies. And you and your caddy are kind of the team. And you're focused. And the caddy is in tune to your game. He knows, hey, I know you like to hit driver, but I've seen you hit driver the last three or four holes. Maybe we shouldn't hit driver here. Maybe we should pull out – the old four-iron or the hybrid, and kind of hit it 200 down there and have 150 left in. That's teamwork. Now, I'm not going to listen to the caddy. I'm going to hit the driver <laughs> anyway, so it really doesn't matter. But it's, it's just the thought of knowing that I have the guy there with me yeah. and, and I can lean and depend on him. That's wonderful. It's a wonderful story. 12 men on the field for Buffalo. That's inexcusable, right? Somebody has to go, don't they? We want somebody to go. Um I guarantee you behind closed doors, whoever was responsible for counting those guys or, or, or his position group had an extra guy, I guarantee you that guy got a, a, a quote-unquote ass-chewing uh, yeah. because coaches understand. And, and, and Coach McDermott is one of the great team builders in our sport. And this is what I mean. He always takes the brunt of the blame. He always passes on all the credit to other people. So he's not going to call anybody out uh, at the podium. But behind closed doors – he does what great coaches do, which is I'm going to call you to the mat. It's inexcusable. I'm going to let everybody know inside of our building, but I'm going to keep it inside of our building. And I think there's enough blame to go around in that game where we don't have to blame one guy. I mean, they turned the football over four times. The, yeah. the, the defense gave up the drive to get down the field. The quarterback didn't play well. They fumbled. So I'm not going to blame one play on losing that game, but it, it is an important play because it's the final play we see. Josh Allen is throwing interceptions like Dak threw interceptions last year. They're looking after the Jets. They are at the Eagles, at the Chiefs, home with Dallas. They could be 6-8. and eight. McDermott could be fired. This is the kind of season gets a guy fired, doesn't it? 
Normally it does, Tony. I don't think uh, the Pagula family is going to react that way. I, I think the McDermott-Brandon Bean pairing has been very successful. I think they recently got an extension um, not too long ago, maybe a year ago. So I, I think they're going to be solidified. However, I do think they're going to have to answer some questions after the season. But you bring up a good point about Allen and Dak. Let me ask you this, Tony, because I'm kind of puzzled by this. Since Josh Allen has come in the league, come in the league he's leading the league in turnovers. Yes. However, if you go back one year ago, we have crucified Dak Prescott for the one season he had when he turned the football over more than anybody. Yep. How do, how do people, and, and, and I'm asking you this question because I've been in the game and I look at it from a different perspective. As you cover this game and have covered the sport for a number of years, why do we view Dak so differently than we view Josh Allen, who the numbers clearly say, he is the most turnover-prone quarterback in the last five years. However, Dak isn't, but it, 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 it's almost seeming like we judge Dak differently than we judge Josh Allen. Why is that? I agree with you that Dak Prescott is judged differently than everybody else, but I would tell you that that comes with the Cowboys. I would tell you that's a product of Jerry Jones. I would tell you that's a product of the Dallas Cowboys, that anybody in that seat, and I think this was true about Tony Romo when he was in that seat, that anybody in that seat is judged and given a much higher standard. And plus, you've got first take for two years, for two years, leading every single show with will Dak get his money. So when he finally got his money, he was held to a higher standard. And he didn't do particularly well last year. And this year, he's lighting it up. This year, he's one of the two or three best quarterbacks in the entire league. But I think it's because it's the Cowboys. Do you not? Yeah, I think that's the answer I would lean to. I, it's just it's, it's puzzling to me because, you know, often, you know, we talk about the norm and the anomaly. Well, the norm is Dak Prescott has valued the ball. He's been a really – he may not have been great, but he's been a, an above-average quarterback yes. his entire career. And Top the eight. one year he had – exactly. And, and the one year he had where he turned the football over, we made it this huge deal, yep. whereas Josh has been a turnover-prone quarterback since he's been in football. And I'm just trying to figure out, like, what's the difference? Both teams have Super Bowl aspirations. Both teams want to be the last team standing, but one is judged differently. But again, Well, here's why. I mean, well, Jerry Jones has a lot to do with it. And, but, you know, everybody likes Buffalo. Buffalo's a yeah. small-town team that's had a lot of bad luck even when they've done well. They, have, they are a sympathetic team. You could use a lot of words to describe Dallas, but sympathetic would never be one of them, right? Never. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. People always look at the team that has adopted the moniker of America's team. How dare you? you or, or, right. or you hate them. How dare you say you're America? Please stop. Get out of here. Yeah. people. Dallas is by far the most loved and the most hated team. By far. By the way, by the way speaking of America's team, I find it funny, uh, and, and I didn't do this on purpose, but it just came to my mind. I find it funny that, there's a team in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where the head coach said they are America's team also, by the way. Yeah, I mean, he's, we, I can't wait for him to speak on Friday because he's going to put however many feet he can in his mouth. I mean, he's just, come on. All right, let me get to something else. The Thursday night game is by far the best Thursday night game so far. The season probably will be the best of all. And that doesn't mean it's a good game. But Cincinnati at Baltimore will draw you to the set. There's no question about that. People will tune that in. How tough is it physically to play a Thursday night game? It's extremely tough, Tony. Um, because here's the deal. Um, imagine being a marathon runner. 
and whatever the number of, or, or, or not even a marathon runner, a boxer. Let's say you're a boxer and, and you train six weeks to fight and you have a fight. Imagine if somebody told you you had to do another fight in 30 days. Yeah, just, yeah. Like that's essentially what you're asking a guy who plays football on Sunday. And let's say you play Sunday at 425. So by the time you get home Sunday night, it's, I don't know, 10 o'clock. You come in Monday, I mean, your body's not, I mean, your body's sore. We all have a routine, cold tub, hot tub, whatever. Uh, you go to bed Monday, you wake up Tuesday. Tuesday's normally your day off. And Wednesday you come to work and you start to prepare for the next week. Well, when you play on Thursday, Wednesday, guess what you're doing? Traveling. Somebody's getting on a plane. Yeah, traveling. Somebody's getting on a plane, getting ready to play a football game in 24 hours, and your body hasn't even recovered. You're taking, what, Friday, Saturday, you're taking three days of recovery off to play a game on Thursday. And I get it. Everybody's got to do it, or everybody has to do it uh, in the past. Some teams have to do it twice this year. Yeah. It's, it's physically taxing, but here's what you tell yourself. If I can mentally get through it, I'm going to have a long weekend. Because most coaches give their teams Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. So if I can mentally get the energy to get through it and deal with the physicality, I get an extra bye week. And I think that's the mind game that athletes play with themselves when it comes to how do I get to Thursday, how do I get through Thursday, and how do I become mentally tough enough to deal with whatever my body's dealing with to play on Thursday. I just it's it's hard, and I think that's why home teams win a lot because of the travel. Anyway, Burger, thank you as always. I appreciate it, and we'll see you on PTI on Thursday tomorrow. Right? Looking forward to it. Can't wait, man. I hope the questions are about defense, <laughs> since I got it so wrong. Thanks, Booker. Booker McFarland, boys and girls. We'll take a break. We'll have email and jingle when we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. That's Brian Dadler. It's a nice one. It's quick. Yes, short and sweet. It's just quick. (laughs) I was expecting more. (laughs) Well, after we had the very long one. Get a second verse. Yes, from Glenn Winters. Maybe someone has to go to physical therapy. Yeah. You want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad? Yes, Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, my friend, and you will be thrilled. Uh, that'll do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say this old heart of mine. Been broke a thousand times. Each time you break away, I fear you're gone to stay. Lonely nights that come, memories that flow, bringing you back again, hurting me more and more. That is the Isley Brothers. That's the best Isley Brothers song of all time. That's one of the top ten songs of all time. It's a this old heart of mine is a song. great yes, and a great song. It's simply a great song, and one of the Isley Brothers' name first name, O'Kelly. O'Kelly, a fabulous name, <laughs> O'Kelly Isley. That's great. Thanks to our guest today, Chuck Todd Booger McFarland. Thanks as well to today's sponsors. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. All right, from Chris Campbell in Gaithersburg, Maryland, you will be relieved that the D.C. Target, where you get your CVS vaccines, that's Evelyn's, yes. um, stocks your Crest toothpaste. Just go to aisle B50. See attached map. <laughs> he sends a map. Enter, take an immediate left, take a right at the toys, wave hi to the new HOF toys, Hall of Fame toys, remind them they are in a waff. When you hit the baby section, the toothpaste should be on the left. Rob Michael. I know that section well. Set up the twi- Twitter app on your phone, order it with a credit card, and they will bring it to your car. Oh, wait, who am I talking to? 
I've hit that point where one of the first things I thought of yesterday was that I have to email Mr. Tony since the date was 11-12-23. That's great. That, Chris Campbell, that's great. Be that careful is. to go when they have mostly self-checkout. Oh, yeah. I don't like self-checkout. You're not yeah. a fan of that? No, I don't. I can't do it. I don't understand it. Uh, Josh Cromwell, Moselle, Mississippi. Well, I appreciate your curiosity about toothpaste. I hope you're prepared for a bunch of littles to send you so much toothpaste that the captain will be wearing dentures by the time it's all <laughs> yes. used up. I believe um, there's some I was way. reminded uh, by Rob Stronick. He took a picture of Pepsodent. I had forgotten about Pepsodent. Oh, Pepsodent. I remember Pepsodent. And it's sold Pepsodent. in Syracuse. Yeah. You know, sold in Syracuse. Aquafresh was the one I was thinking about. Oh, Aquafresh. Aquafresh. Okay, this came is... came in two stripes. This is from Amanda. Um, I just bought these for you on eBay, my go-to for items that are out of stock elsewhere. I'll send them to PTI unless you give me a different address as soon as they arrive. I mean, it feels like it's the least I can do for someone who's been my comfort animal for oh so long now. Thank you for your humor. We need more than that than ever these days. And it's it's Tartar Control Crest. And Regular it says paste. original flavor. It says original flavor. Nigel will be in touch with you. Uh, there might be some issues if you start getting unmarked boxes of toothpaste sent to the ABC News building. Yeah, well, so let's yes, figure we'll, out another yes, one. Yes, we will get From touch. Michael Sandler, and I had no idea people would start doing this. From Michael Sandler. <laughs> of course you did. Why did you bring it up? I, really? Because I thought it was a good thing to talk about. It bothered me. <laughs> well, it is. You don't need any sneakers, so, so you Mike, need some toothpaste. I actually do need a new yep, pair of hokas. Okay, hokas. It's Matt Abbott Ball, right? Uh, in Chicago? Well, I thought it was in Evanston. Evanston. Yes. Okay. I thought his running store was in Evanston. This, yeah. The size is good, but I need another pair because no. I'm wearing these out. Yeah. That's all I wear. Okay, let's so, get him a Foxtrot gift card or something to say thank you. Michael Sandler, Warrington, Virginia. I grew up in the <laughs> 70s and 80s when toothpaste options seemed to explode. Although Creston Colgate ended up winning the toothpaste wars, you also mentioned Aquafresh. You forgot about a few prominent brands over the past few decades. AIM, Close Up, Gleam, Pepsodent, <laughs> and Ultra Bright. Yes, I forgot about those. All of those toothpaste, except for Gleam, can still be found on Amazon since they don't seem to command much shelf space anymore. Gleam was discontinued in 2014. Procter & Gamble later revived Gleam as a flavor variant of Crest, but sadly it seems to have been permanently laid to rest. I myself use, uh, just use ground charcoal, as I've done since the 1860s. From Kyle Tomini <laughs> in Canton, Georgia, I completely feel your pain with toothpaste. Your struggle with Crest is not just a Crest issue. I've been struggling with the changes you talked about, and to know you go out of your mind about this in the same manner as I do brings me great pleasure. I, like Michael, switched from Crest to Colgate sometime in my adult years, but lately I've struggled to find the same tube of toothpaste each time I go to the store. I'm a flip-flop, traditional lie-flat, roll-it-up-from-the-bottom tube of toothpaste guy, as am I. They started making the tube you recently found, which is the stand-on-its-head type. But the problem with that tube is you can't get all the toothpaste out. You can't roll that tube up and you can't push out all the paste at the end. I firmly believe they created that tube simply to make you throw out your toothpaste before it gets used completely. There's no way you can get all the toothpaste out of that tube. This is my emphasis. Yep. I have learned to save my toothpaste <laughs> box so I know exactly what to look for in the store. I've stood in the store and gone from box to box, opening the end to see if it's the right <laughs> tube. Flip top, not that screw top that falls on the floor when you set it down, and not that lousy stand on its lid, money stealing newfangled tube. I prefer the gel, but I'll take whatever they put in the tube as long as I get the right tube in the right top. That's just wonderful. Uh, from Tom, see the attached picture. Is this what you're after? Bottom shelf on the corner, you have to look for it, but three tubes for four ninety five. Wow, that's a great deal because usually that's one tube. That's one tube, so that's a terrific deal. From the local deal. store here in Waco. Uh, three rows of this and about every 40 rows of every other kind of crest you can name. 
Yes, Tom, the value through it. Yes, that is what I want. Yes. Here's another one. Ruck from the Soviet Safeway. Could this be the crest you're looking for? <laughs> we also have Lucerne cottage cheese. Now, that is cavity protection. I, yeah, that's I the want newer kind. Tartar, yeah. protection, tartar protection. But I'll take cavity protection. Right. I'll that's, take. Not that. if we know we have better options at the Target. Yeah, I think we. You know, Tim in Alexandria. Tony, have you tried coffee flavored toothpaste? <laughs> no. But no schmutz of the toothpaste. Elizabeth Gardner, Austin, Texas. They send pictures. Yep. If Michael doesn't find your toothpaste on Amazon, try Walmart. I used to find to only find the three-pack of Crest at Walmart. I'm sure they have the one with tartar protection as well. Now, H-E-B, it's a popular Texas grocer, also carries the three-pack. That H-E-B, I didn't know what that was. And that's... Googling now? No, that's what, um, that's what uh, Tom said. He said the grocery store in Waco, H-E-B. Okay, so H-E-B is, is sort of like Safeway. Okay, that's that what it is. It's just a name. Sure. H-E-B is a popular Texas grocer. Also carries a three-pack. I think I paid $5 for it. Unbelievable. Five for three? Unbelievable. Take that to Adam Benson, time. St. John's, Newfoundland. I use Sensodyne. <laughs> Nicholas Vambas in Albany, New York. Aquafresh Extreme Clean. I only brush, brush once daily. Don't tell my dentist. And floss a couple times a week. However, I use an electric toothbrush and attack tartar and plague like Jim Harbaugh attacks the rules and regulations of the NCAA. <laughs> No cavities in over 20 years. Tom Lawrence, Utica, New York, raised in Syracuse. Hi, big fan of your podcast and PTI. After listening to the podcast today, I came across Crest Toothpaste in our local Target. It's a paste and regular flavor. See photo. I'd be happy to send it to you. A shout out to Lupo's Speedies, a New York Southern tier food staple. Absolutely. Thomas Laurent. We're going to send, we're going to get you to Update. I'm on the HEB website. I can find cavity protection, but not tartar control. Tartar control. Patrick... Vicencio in Laurel, Maryland. Is this the new game? Toothpaste? <laughs> Mine is Crest Plus Complete. It has scope in the paste. Will the next game be about body wash versus bar of soap or shampoo, which knowing you, you won't use as much? How about deodorant? Gel versus solid? Solid. Solid. Arid. Like gel. They don't even make arid anymore. Nah. They don't make... Arid I, what are they dry. doing? You forget to bring in spray. <laughs> what are you people doing? From Eileen Robinson in Rochester, Minnesota. I checked Amazon. They have Crest Tartar Control. If there's a Walmart... <laughs> Near you, you can check there. Uh, I have horrible gum, so I use toothpaste design for gum care. This is unbelievable. Everyone, everyone wants From in. Leo Valverde in uh, Phoenix. Dear Uncle Tony, so your search for your toothpaste of choice has been unsuccessful. Have you tried the Dollar Store? The Dollar Tree has a wide selection of toothpaste in the old school tube. Good hunting. From Paul Nelson, longtime listener, but I haven't written since about 2008 or so. Most of the writers are wittier than I am, so I let them do the lifting. Anyway, when you mentioned you used Crest Tartar Control, I finally found an aspect of my life that is in common with you. <laughs> I use that exact same toothpaste and have also had some issues the last year or two finding it. My go-to is a Safeway near my home in Rockville. Try the larger Safeway near you. Good luck. If they don't have it, I will look into buying you a tube or two. That ought to be enough to last you the rest of your life, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe From Brandon not. Borzelli, our friend in Lebanon, New Jersey. Let's get this straight, whether it's Crest, Colgate, Gel, or Paste. The net result is you have none of your original teeth left. Unless you're running passing routes over the middle on Chuck Begnarik, you may need a lesson on how to brush rather than which product to use. From Mike in Memphis. Binghamton recovered from its defeat to Northwestern by defeating the Keystone Giants, 104 to 50. I've never heard of the Keystone Giants, but a 50-point-plus win is something doesn't happen every day. They were a junior college when I was in school. I thought they were still a junior college. They're a private four-year school, obviously, they do not major in basketball. No. But that's a nice win by the Bearcats. Yeah. So 
I just wanted to read all the Crest things. There, you know. But I should, I should also throw out um, some of my family members from back in England said, don't forget, you also used to brush with a toothpaste called McLean's. So from anyone from England that remembers McLean's. McLean's is, is a uh, Canadian brand, I thought. Uh, it's in the UK as well. Yeah. All right. If you're out on your bike time, everyone, as always, do wear white. Can I raise a practical question at this point? No, we're not going to do Stonehenge tomorrow. <laughs> no, we're not going to do Stonehenge. <laughs> seen you glow like this in ages like a little kid who just learned about spaceships lately the universe is putting you through phases but right now this look on your face is contagious all the waiting and hoping it's coming i know it you So 
didn't fight today. You didn't mention my ex's name. Showed up only 15 late. That makes a good day. You got the coffee tap, and you didn't ask me to pay you back. We kissed and it felt okay. That makes a good day. Most of the time it's not worth it, but once in a while it's working. I stay for the good days, the hope that it could change. For the little crumbs of what this was in the first place. I'm taking the good days to get through the heartache. My logic says we don't make sense, but my heart stays. When I'm in your arms, I forget the bad parts. That's why I hate the good days. You always know when I'm about to run out of rope. That's when you bring flowers home. Red rose, don't go. I hate that I'm always packed and then I zip them and put them back. I wish that the bad could last. How sad is that? Most of the time it's not worth it, but once in a while it's working. I stay for the good days, the hope that it could change. For the little crumbs of what this was in the first place, I'm taking the good days to get through the heartache. My logic says we don't make sense, but my heart stays. 'Cause when I'm in your arms, I forget the bad parts. That's why I hate the good. Says we don't make 